What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 10 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I'm joined again today by my co-host, Zach Rolf. How's it going down there today, Zach? Cold and snowy, man. It's rough. I was going to ask about the snow. I knew you guys were going to be expecting maybe a foot or, foot or so of snow. Yeah, we got about, I don't know, six or seven inches, and we're supposed to get another like 18 tonight. Wow. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're kind of lucky. Uh, usually we get pounded with snow. I mean, it's been an all right winter, but it's been, I think last night when I got out of work, it was negative 10. So, I mean, it's been in the oh negative temperatures all week. I'm glad I don't live up there. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, the worst part. We're not getting the snow, but the uh, cold temps are very, uh, very cold. So uh, first things first in this podcast, I just want to say, uh, if you guys haven't listened to the last episode, I had Nick Wazdowski on. It was a pretty good episode, probably 10 to 15 minutes before we actually started with the podcast. Um, we talked about growing the podcast and ways to get more content out. And he mentioned, you know, getting a Rockfin account. He kind of was like, you, you probably really should do this because he's doing it himself and, uh, you know, it's making money for him. And it's just something for us to do to give more content out and, uh, you know, give you guys a different uh, place to view our, you know, whether it's a podcast or our articles, interviews or other content. I went into analytics on the podcast and now we have 21 different states now listening to the podcast, which is pretty cool, you know, all the way out to Washington on the West coast. And, uh, That's awesome. yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then you can click on the States to see which cities, you know, are listening. So it's cool to see where, uh, different people are listening from. It's pretty fast too. I mean, you got some pretty good guests on the show, so I'm yeah. sure then they're seeing all that and they're, they're tuning in. Yeah, true. Uh, we even got another overseas guest from uh, United Kingdom. It says somewhere in England, um, somebody's listening. So I don't know who that is, but that's pretty Shout cool. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. So you guys sharing this? Ep- these episodes mean a lot. Uh, like Zach just said, we do have a lot of pretty good guests on the show so far. And uh, with this upcoming Friday, we have a guest out of Colorado, UNC, five-time New York State champ, Troy Nickerson. You guys might have heard of him before. He's pretty nope. darn good. He's pretty darn good. So yeah, it's, right. cool. we're, we're getting him on, I think, you know, sometime Friday morning. So that'll be out Friday as well as our uh, preview uh, episode for the weekend. So that's something uh, exciting to be looking forward to. So let's uh, hop right into the college scene. Buffalo, they haven't wrestled in 28 days leading up to this, this weekend's, this past weekend's uh, quad out in SIUE. First match, Buffalo picked up a win, 19 to 15 over SIUE. At 125, Tristan Daughtry of the Bulls picked up a decision. 133, Thomas Maddox won by forfeit. 165, Noah Grover uh, won by decision in overtime. 197, Samuel Mitchell won by decision. And up at 285, Toby Cahill won by decision. In the extra matches, Buffalo had guys that won. Jordan Reyes at 125. Hunter Shaw at 157, and Sam Schuyler wrestled up at 285 and uh, won by decisions as well. Uh, the next match, Buffalo lost to Northern Illinois. Uh, Buffalo lost 30-6. to six. Picking up decisions for the Bulls were 125, Tristan Daughtry, and 141, Derek Spann. And their third match of the day, Buffalo beat Clarion 29-7. At 125, Tristan Daughtry won by decision. 133, Thomas Maddox also won by decision. 141, Derek Spann by decision. 149, Ben Freeman won by decision. 157, Michael Petit, Buffalo won by major. 
184, Giuseppe Hoos, Buffalo won by decision. 197, Sam Mitchell won by fall. And 285, Toby Cahill won by major decision. They went 2-1 and one on the day, the Bulls did. Um, they kind of shook the rust off. Like I said, they haven't wrestled in a while. I think they've only got one match scheduled before their conference tournament. I don't know. That's kind of hard to – I would assume that they might try to schedule some matches in. I don't know what they're uh, allowed to do over there in the MAC. But Yeah, I mean, I I believe the MAC is pretty open as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean are, other schools, I guess, have been kind of free-winging it. So hopefully. Yeah, I'm guessing they'll get some extra matches in somewhere, one way or another. Yeah, I hope so. So down in Bing, uh, Binghamton, they traveled to Lehigh, where they took their first loss of the season, 19-16. to 16. Start at 125. Micah Rose one had a nice 8-2 to two to win. He looked pretty yeah, good. His attacks were nice, and he got a, he's got a nice tough ride. What would you think? He's a hammer, man. And, and he's he's beating guys that he might may not have beat last year. You know what I mean? Like, he, he lost a few matches last season. Um, in high school, and now he's coming out and he's just hammering legitimate guys. I mean, the guy he beat, Sheldon Seymour, is a two-time PA state champion. Yeah. I believe four-time state place finisher. He's really good. He was top 20 ranked in the country. And, I mean, he's dominating these matches. They're not particularly close. 8-2, and it was, what, three takedowns in an escape? I believe it was three takedowns, yeah. And it was, I mean, he was pretty patient with his attacks. And uh, obviously, you know, he's set him up nice where one, I think one, two of them might have been right on the edge. But yeah, no, he's, he, uh, he looked great. Um, we didn't get to see his patented double this time, though. We didn't, yeah. I was kind of three hoping. single legs. He did, he did double off of single leg, but did, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't his blast double. No. So uh, 141, Tramp A, he had a weird, it was kind of like a sloppy match. I mean, I can't remember what the score ended up being, but the four um eight seven. Eight seven. So the, the four point move in the first definitely didn't help. No, and then they had a really oh my god, it was a terrible call. Second end of the second period, they're in a scramble and, and Trampy's working up off of I, he goes into danger for about half a second and then he works his back up as if he's trying to build back in to um Heinz. And the ref keeps counting danger when he's nowhere near danger. He's almost sitting up on his butt when he awards the takedown. And they it, they, it they challenged terrible. that one, didn't they? I don't believe they did. See, there's two. Have. There's two bad calls in the match, and actually, they might have challenged the uh, reversal to near fall, and so they couldn't challenge that. Is what yeah, it was. I, I thought the reversal to near fall was a good call. I did. Did they give one? Did they give near fall there? I don't remember. At the end, yeah, because it was a four-point move. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I thought I actually thought that was a good call. I thought it should have probably been two and four instead of two and two, but, I mean. Yeah, because he did – I mean, he did have the one foot in it. I, I don't know from the angle that we're watching it on, on this uh, computer, it was hard to tell, but. Yeah, you're right, uh, yeah. It was very Dylan Palacio-esque. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, bumping up to 149, that was a big win for Zarif, three to one overtime. Uh, so, I mean, Buffalo was losing at that point because uh, they lost 133 and they lost 141. Um, so, that was a big win. Tied the match up at 6-6. Six to six. Uh, 157, um, Lehigh won. So, 165 freshman, uh, Brevin Casella. He continues to impress me. Uh, again, him and Micah Rose are two freshmen that are just, you know, they're really stepping up for Binghamton. So, he opened yeah. up the match in the second period with two nice turns. Yeah, he – um. 
I, I wasn't sure how – I didn't know how good he was going to be. Um, I know he took second Eastern States last year, losing to, to Jacob Knoll in the finals. But, I, I mean, he didn't really have a ton of national recognition. He was a two-time New England champion. And he just came out, and he is just looking amazing. I mean, he just took, he took out Thane Lawrence this today or this weekend. He was a two-time PSA champ, three-time finalist, and was ranked top five in the country at 160 last year. I mean, he's looking really good and beating some really good guys and really showing that he he's going to be a problem for hopefully the next five years. Yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's fun to watch. I didn't – I mean, I knew him about uh, Eastern States or whatever, but I don't really follow the New Englands as much, so I didn't know him about him as – too much anyways, but – I think his dad follows our Twitter account. So, uh, you know, shout, shout out to your son. <laughs> Bumping up to 174, uh, Jake Nolan. He had a nice ride in the second period. He won 6-1. to one. Again, he's another guy that's impressing me. Last year, as a freshman, he kind of, you know, took his lumps here and there. But I think he's about 4-0 this year, 5-0 and maybe. Yeah, he's he's been looking good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he's tough. And then that led right into 184. Uh, Louis Dupre won by major decision, thirteen to one. I knew, Dude. I knew in this match that he needed the pin because I knew one ninety seven and two eighty five for Lehigh Mountain Hawks that they were tough and they're probably going to get majors or they're going to get bonus. So, and he ended the second period. I honestly thought that he had the guy pinned. He was flat. Why yeah. is the ref looking behind Louis's back? Yeah, like, Louis's hip was down. Like, it looked like he was trying to look but like through him, like he's got x-ray vision or something. Like you had no angle. Why were you walking back around him? Like you were in a good position. Look at his shoulder hitting the mat and smack it because he was stuck. Yeah, he that was a horrible position to, uh, for the ref to look at. I, I don't understand that. He, I mean, again, if he would have won the match you know, or had the pin, it would have been probably 19-18 end up. But so well, it, would I mean, been, wouldn't have been 18-18? Or 19, it was, it was 1916. Yeah, so they lost 1916, and uh, so obviously the pin would have been 1918. Right? No, so it, was it, was major, it was a major, right? Oh, oh crap. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's all good. Um, right, so yeah, I mean, 197, Jacob Jacobson, he's pretty tough, and 25, Jordan Wood. I knew that it would be a little bit too much for uh, Bearcat Bolt Job Day, but. They did try to put the boots in and just it wasn't going to happen with a big dude like that. Yeah, Jordan was really good. I mean, he's, he's going to compete at the senior level. Yeah, I mean, so it really wasn't a loss to, you know, knock Corey Day down. But Although that, that assassin was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> uh, so Matt Kelly and Ivan Garcia, they picked up uh, their first college wins in the extra matches as well. We'll uh, head over to Army. Army rebounded nice from their Binghamton loss from last week or two weeks ago, whatever that was. Army won uh, over Bucknell, 26-8. to eight. At 133, Mark Montgomery had a nice decision over 18th-ranked Darren Miller of Bucknell, 6-4. At 1-41, Lance Peters won by decision. 149, P.J. Uginsanya won by decision. 157, Marcus Hartman won by major. 174, Brad Laughlin won by decision. 184, Taylor Brown won by major decision. 197, J.T. Brown won by major decision. And 285, Bobby held uh, one by decision. So we didn't see Sullivan in the lineup. I don't know if they're playing around with that because they both had wins over Zach Knight and Ward a few weeks ago. And then Sullivan lost last week to uh, Day. So I don't know if they're trying something new up at 285. But I, don't yeah, know. They, I, I doubt it. I mean, I guess it's possible. I'm Sullivan's really good. Yeah, guy. 
maybe he's just out for for the duel or something. Right. So down in Lehigh, the Lehigh beat Binghamton on Saturday. On Sunday, they wrestled Long Island University. Lehigh won 46 to zero. Or Long Island was clearly outmatched by a young Lehigh team. But, you know, Lehigh, I think they were 0-3 or 1-2, whatever, to start the season before their Binghamton match. They so were they, 0-2 before Binghamton, so they were 1-2 coming into this. So yeah, so they uh, definitely made improvements leading into the Binghamton match then, of course, Long Island match. It was kind of funny to see them being coached by acting head coach Darian Cruz because the whole coaching staff was following the pro, uh, COVID protocol, so they were not able to go to either of those duels. Yeah, I'm a... Uh... I'm worried about Lehigh. I heard I heard something that, you know, they're kind of on their last strike before they shut the team down. So hopefully they'll get this stuff together because I want to see them finish the season out. Especially now that they're, you know, starting to pick up and have a little bit of success. I know, I mean, Binghamton is a kind of, they just cracked the rankings a little bit. But uh, yeah, I know it's a good win and they're in the right direction from the beginning of the season. So hopefully they do finish the season out. Uh, that would suck for the EIWA, especially with the Ivy Leagues already out. Right. Uh, so down at Hofstra, their duel against Sacred Heart was postponed. Again, it's, it wasn't canceled, so it was just postponed. Uh, I know this match will probably happen again. Coach John Clark will make it happen. Papadatos will make it happen. So that's another match to look forward to in the next few weeks for Hofstra. Up next for those schools, Buffalo will host CMU on Sunday, 1 p.m., Central Michigan University. Binghamton will... Uh, travel to Bucknell Sunday, 2 p.m. Army will travel to Lehigh Saturday, 2 p.m. Hofstra will host Drexel Saturday at 2 p.m. And Long Island University will host Drexel Saturday at 12 p.m. So that's... Oh, uh, Drexel's going from LIU to Hofstra in one day. Yeah, kind of what uh, Oklahoma State just did with Northern Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah, how far away is LIU and Hofstra? I don't know, to be honest with you. I was going to ask you since you kind of drew was at LIU. Yeah, I've never, I've, I unfortunately haven't been able to go down there, but I, I think like during the first uh, episode that I did, I looked up LIU and I just, I can't remember exactly where it is. I don't really get down to the island as much. Um, I mean, if they're going from 12 and two, it's got to be pretty close, right? That's true. I'm going to look that up after this. I guess it's a 53 minute bus ride or train ride. I don't know. Train ride. I mean, it's got to be close, even in 53 minutes. You know, travel on the island is uh, pretty congested. So. Right. So a few of our New York college guys that uh, won over the weekend, 133, Zach Redding of Iowa State, decision Reese Whitcraft of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 6-0. to zero. Uh, After the match, Redding uh, quoted, the coaches have preached to me to kind of take the piss and vinegar out of my opponents. So the big ride in the second period. Uh, definitely showed that he took the piss and vinegar out of his opponent. And it's a big win for him. Yeah, Reese Rukrat's a really good wrestler. Yeah. Um, I do think he's a little undersized for 133. I believe he wrestled off Master Giovanni for the spot and ended up going 33 until a certain uh, NCAA finalist comes back from suspension. Yeah, it'd be nice to see that guy fix up the lineup. Uh, also, Zach Redding won by major decision over Aiden Harris of Iowa Central Community College. It was another one of Iowa State's D3 slash JUCO um, guys that are in their schedule, teams that are in their schedule. Yeah, Iowa State has a ton of those. Yeah. They wrestled Lindenwood as well that day, and I don't think Zach Redding was in the lineup. I'm so. wondering if maybe it's like a not really a restriction on Iowa State, but 
and a restriction on those D3 schools that they can only compete so close. And Iowa State's just like, hey, we'll give you matches. I mean, we'll take free matches. Right. It, it definitely could be, um, which is good on Iowa State's part. I mean, it's it's not affecting them any. I mean, beating right. up on it, some it, of these guys. I mean, it's almost like another practice, right? Yeah, pretty and much. They, and they've wrestled some really tough teams. I mean, the, the one kid that Zach Redding wrestled was a Division II national finalist, national champ, I think. Right. They beat Augsburg, right? Or was it Wartburg? Um, I don't remember. It's wherever uh, Jordan Bushy's uh, goes to. Wartburg. Yeah, that's the Iowa one. Yeah, so yeah, they wrestled them at the beginning of the year. Uh, also at 133, Tyler Kellison of Appalachian State won by decision over Presbyterian. 141, Ryan Burgos of Edinburgh won by fall over George Mason. 141, Gavin Damasco of Davison won by fall over the Citadel. Damasco's yeah. having a quiet season. Like he, we keep seeing his name every week. We do this. I keep seeing his name more and more. Like he's he's doing really well. I mean, I hasn't seen anybody top level yet, but um, he's clearly catching some wins at the Division One level. Good for him. I, I agree. And I was kind of gonna mention the same thing with 197 Tyler Musaw of VMI. He went two and zero on the day with a forfeit over Gardner Webb and a seven to zero decision over Grime of Palarmine. I mean, again, he hasn't seen anybody, I guess, necessarily top level, but you know, he's definitely, um, I don't know. He might be six and one, seven and one on the year. Yeah, I don't even know if he's got a that. loss, but he uh, definitely has picked up some wins in his freshman debut. For sure. He's so, looking good. So not, notable scores of the NCAA um, week at 125, number nine, Patrick McKee, one over number six, Devin Schroeder, five to three. He's another one. Patrick McKee is having a really good season, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I was a little skeptical after last year. I thought maybe he'd just be a little too small. I think, I, I mean, we could see a Heinzelman type thing. I mean, he's the next guy we talk about, but McKee would look pretty small coming into his college career and he's really started to improve a lot. I don't know. I mean, he could be improving a ton or it could be the, the lack of depth of the weight class, but overall, I mean, you gotta be who's in front of you. I agree. He, uh, I mean, with Schroeder, he just lost McKee. Last week, he lost to Wisconsin um, Barnett. And it's not looking good for him as Purdue wrestles Iowa, I believe, this upcoming week. So, oh, Spencer Lee, yeah. Wasn't it Big Ten Finals last year? It was. Oof. Yeah. So, pray for him. Hey, he made it all six minutes. Didn't he? He lasted the whole match in the Big Ten, didn't he? Yeah. He, you know, Spencer Lee, that's where uh, his points kind of, that's the only really third period match that, like, not only, but. You know, the third period match, he scored most of his points in the – was it a tech fall, though? It might have been a tech I, fall. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but – I can't. I can't either. I remember it not being a pin. <laughs> yeah, true. So, 125, Heinzelman, um, he won as well, as you just mentioned. He's he's another guy that's looking impressive. He's that dude, man. Rep Ohio State, I love it. And he's looking good. Yeah, he, he was a killer in high school. He – I mean – it's just really – it's really good to see him coming up through and getting better. Yeah, so he had that win over uh, Rayvon Foley. Um, also, 125, Teske versus Master Giovanni. Teske scored <clears throat> four near fall on the edge. So, like, this I, – I watched the match as it happened live. I kind of want to watch the match again. But Master was down, and he had one one hand in, and that was all that was keeping him in. And then he took that hand and then put his other hand in and took that hand out. So it was like he was holding himself in. No idea why. If he would have just took his hand out, you know, fresh start, back to center. But no, instead, 
Um, Teske turns him, gets four near fall. I don't, I can't remember what the score was off the top of my head, but no, it really wasn't that close. Six oh. Yeah. So Teske just looked pretty tough on top. And I don't understand why Mastro stayed in that position. Again, it's easier for me to talk sitting right here, but I don't know. So 133, um, as you mentioned, the Cowboys are getting rode. That's something that I noticed. In that UNI duel, um, the first step match that they had that um, day, because they wrestled Iowa State later the day, they just they looked flat um, to start the match. 125, 133, I think they both got rode out. It just wasn't looking good for them. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this duel. Um, I was hoping to get time to go back and watch it. I just haven't had that time just yet. Um, I'll, I'll make sure I go back and watch it, though. And yeah. Maybe so, get some notes. So, uh, yeah, they, like you said, they definitely need Dayton Fix back. Yeah, he, I mean, you throw in somebody like Dayton Fix in a lineup and the whole the whole momentum of a duel changes. I mean, you got a guy going in that NCAA finalist, world medalist, he's going to be – He's gonna he's gonna be a spark for the team, and I think it's gonna it's gonna really kick him in the butt to keep him going. Yeah, well, at one forty one, Brian Courtney won over Cole Matthews, who's still a top ten guy or still top top fifteen guy. He's really right. good. So I yeah. knew he had a good win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so up at one seventy four, Donnell Washington of Indiana won over number five Carter Strokey of Penn State, ten to nine. I mean that's. As you mentioned, pump the brakes on Staraki. People were like, well, you're discrediting Donnell Washington. I mean, we're not saying he's not, you know, that level, but. Stroke has a win over Chance Marsteller, man. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. About. Yeah, he's he's been talked about. He's highly touted. So that that's a big one to watch for. People are like, yeah, you'll see Carter higher in the Big Tens. Well, it is what it is. Maybe we will. I mean, a lot of people said Penn State just looked flat that whole duel. Yeah, which I, I mean, you can't really, you can't really, you know, I mean, that's a valid assessment of that duel meet. They did not look great. Right. Pretty much anywhere except for RBY and Nick Lee. True. I mean, RBY, that his opponent started to come back a little late. What was that? Like a 10 to 9? Yeah, it was something. It was a, so 184, Parker Kekhaijan. Uh, he had to upset over number six, Dakota Gear, and Sudden Victory. I mean, 184 for you and I, you're, you're looking at those 174, 184 guys, Taylor Lujan, Drew Foster. Um, now you're looking at Parker Kekhaijan that was probably behind them. Which is surprising because Doug Schwab's not a big guy. No, I know. It's weird. <laughs> and it's, recruiting neither is uh, Roper. Um, yeah, so that's that was a nice one. I watched that one. Um, he definitely had his gas tank in. He took him down and got the win in overtime. Yeah, there was a nice little scramble there in overtime to to, to pull away. He he looked like he was in danger for a minute when um, gear gear kind of had him flat flat on his belly, looking to go around, and he was able to build back up and get his head up and finish the finish across with double. Yeah, so uh, one ninety seven. We're Nino Bonacorsi won over Jilo. You had uh, Nino winning. I had Jay winning. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to lean with the offensive guy, and I'm not, I'm not entirely surprised with Nino pulling this out. Yeah, I like I said, I was going to pick him to win ACCs. He, his tank is there. Like he, he did look good. I watched the match. That just kind of solidifies that 187 in the ACC is pretty interesting. You throw in a guy, you know, whether it's Trumbull or whether it's Renan, and uh, 
Did you see drew... Trumbull? Did you did you see Trumbull's match? Yeah, I did. They... He was down 2-0 or down two takedowns or something like that, and then he came up with a body lock and just planted the guy. Yeah, he just looked very calm while doing so too. It was just yeah, it was pretty nuts. And uh, well, up at 285, number 14 ranked Christian Lance of Nebraska, one over number five Trent Hilger, Sun Victory four to two. Um, that's Hilger's second loss of the season. Yeah, he's not looking great. You know, I had him pegged as a top three guy, maybe top four, and he's kind of showing. I, honestly, I don't know if it's really Hilger looking down or if it's just how deep the heavyweight weight class is. I mean, the yeah. trick Christian Lance, number 14 in the country, just knocked off Hilger. I'm not going to say Chris, Chris, Christian Lance isn't a top eight guy. I mean, there's so many guys in that in the heavyweight field that can make, make top eight at any point. And I, I'm really excited for NCAAs to see how that one plays out. I agree. Um, we'll uh, got to talk about my Iowa Hawkeyes. They wrestle yeah, Illinois yeah. and their one, two, three punch is something that I think is awesome. You're looking at Spencer Lee. That's a big bonus guy. One thirty-three, Austin DeSanto, big bonus guy, and one forty-nine or one forty-one, uh, uh, Jaden Ironman. He obviously picked up the pin. He's just a guy that you know can slap on a cradle and, and lock up bonus points here and there. So with those three guys just putting on bonus points every match, um, it really sets yeah. the tone. Sets the tone for the, the whole duel. I mean, DeSanto's scoring twenty points a match right now. It's unreal. So I always pronounce it DeSanto, and then you hear brands call it DeSanto, but I'm pretty sure you just can't pronounce the A. I'm pretty sure brands mispronounces everybody's names. I, yeah, because I was I was literally like I'm I'm gonna call him DeSanto, and then I'm, I listened to brands interview like probably twice today, and uh, he says DeSanto, but I'm pretty sure he just can't pronounce the A with his uh, I don't know, deviated septum or whatever it is. Would you be surprised? No. Not at all. <laughs> so up at 285, um, big Cass pumped the brakes on Luffman. Luffman had wins over Tate Ordendorf and Trent Hilger. And I mean, he was looking better since last year. And I'm not going to take this match too big, but, you know, big Cass got the pin over Luffman. Yeah. I mean, Cassiope is a, I mean, I've said Hilger's top three, but realistically, in the most of the, in most of the community's eyes, Cassiope is definitely the number three guy in the country right now. Yep. And I think he just kind of showed he's widening the gap from three to four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, not going to take much from Luffman losing that match at all. No, I don't. But I just figure, you know, with his two two big wins, it was nice to see a, a competition or opponent like Cassiope kind of to see where he really is. Yeah. Um, I had high school wrestling talk on the dock, but I, there's really not much. I mean, Frank Papalizio shared something that Huzik Falls is kind of taking – a different stance against wrestling compared to the other higher risk winter sports that their school offers. <clears throat> so I, it sounds like they're not letting wrestling happen. At, who's yeah, it it's, it's really sad. A lot of districts and counties are looking at us like we're any different than a football or basketball. And while we are, I mean, it, you're still having full contact in those other sports. I mean, you're, I mean, you, you dribbling a basketball right in front of a guy who's, right on top of you defending you it's no different than you know me grabbing a double leg but right. i mean positive side you know i feel like a majority of the state is allowing it mm-hmm. i think it's definitely a minority where some places are treating it differently i'm really excited i was supposed to start practice today but school got canceled and likely going to get canceled again tomorrow so i have to wait till wednesday um 
a couple so, of notes that they, I did see is the state waived the certification process. Okay. So we don't have to go through certifications and, but they are going to make us do regular weigh-ins. I know there's been some talk, at least in section four, there was some talk about possibly um, doing like the modified, I don't know. I don't know what your guys' modified systems like, but we have like a play date quote unquote thing where it's just like a Madison style. You kind of weigh what you weigh. And we match you up with people, your skill level. That's what it's like up here as well. Yep. That's what, that's what we wanted to do for varsity, but it looks like they're not going to let us. So we're going to have to find a way to get some duels in. Um, I'm lucky. My, my County's pretty much telling us we can do whatever we want. So. Yeah. So up, up here in uh, St. Lawrence County, like no sports are being really allowed to do much. Um, it's just, it's not just wrestling. It's, it's really any high risk sports. And I, I think they're putting a rally on right now in Canton or somewhere. I think probably as we speak, yeah, started at noonish. It's just basically, yeah, they're not allowing us to compete at all, which is, we've got more cows than we got people up here pretty much, you know? Right. Don't um, you guys have to travel pretty far to even go anywhere? Yeah. So, I mean, in our section, like governor's on the border um, of section three. So the right. frontier league, you know, um, and then Canton, we're, th- we're 30 minutes up the road from uh, governor, but from governor to Malone, it's an hour and a half drive. I mean, if you're in the winter time, hour and 45 minute drive on bus. So that's not fun. You could, you could get down to central square Syracuse area in that time, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're just not, they're not allowing us to compete or practice or any of that stuff, which is, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know what it is like for you guys in school, but like our school has been shut down every other week. So I know for a fact really? that they're, they're not going to let us have any type of season. Yeah. We've, um, I mean, all of our kids are going like two days a week and then they're, they're virtual the rest of the week, but they're, I mean, I think we had the one shutdown where the whole state got shut down again um, in December. Yeah. We've been shut down every other week. It seems like we've been fine. Um, But yeah, so we'll keep you more updated on that as we, you know, maybe next, next show Friday, we'll have more information on what the rest of the state's doing. I know about section six, Matt O'Rourke um, was at a rally yesterday. Uh, I think it was sweet home school that they were, you know, rallying for. So, I don't know. We'll uh, talk about that again on Friday. We'll get into the senior level stuff. We'll start with a pit wrestling club card. What'd yeah, that was a good card. Um, the Bassett kids are really good. They went three matches, three tech balls, kind of. They did a weird 15-point tech for the youth matches, but it ended up they, they ended up outscoring their guys by 12, 13 points each time. So um, that was really impressive to watch. The other match – the match that really stuck out to me on this card was Ronnie Perry and Quentin Perez. Mm-hmm. That match was so much fun. I did not expect anything coming into that match. And when the first period ended eight to two, I was like, okay, this let's move on. Let's go watch chance and, and Evan Wick wrestle. And I was like, Nope. Okay. Ronnie Perry made some phenomenal adjustments going into the second period. And in the first period, he kept taking shots, kept going to his knees and getting exposed. And in one flurry, he got exposed three different times. Second period comes out, and this man refused to touch his knee to the mat. <laughs> he kept going high snatches and quick little ducks to finish his shots, and he ended up coming back and winning eleven to eleven. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he really dug deep and came back. Uh, like you mentioned, he just kind of stopped getting stuck underneath, and uh, those high level attacks 
definitely worked. It was fun to watch. Um, I think Ronnie called out Chance Marsteller after the match. Yes, he did. I, I'm it, hoping he was being silly. I, I, I <laughs> hope so, too. <laughs> Speaking so, of Chance. Yeah, go ahead. So he wrestled Evan Wick, and I owe Chance Marsteller an apology. Um, I did not think that would be a good match. Well, I, no, let me take that back. I thought it would be a good match, but I thought Wick would win, and I thought Wick would give Chance some significant issues that I didn't think he'd be able to handle. And Chance laughed at me and said, watch this. Yeah. Got a real nice tech fall. Got a real easy tech fall almost. I mean, he had a quick exposure to a real nice lace in the first period, in the early in the first period to go up by six and then finish the match off with a really nice uh, shot. Transition to like a weird, like low gut, high leg lace kind of turn for, for a really nice tech fall. Yep. Um, that he did look pretty good. Uh, in the post-match interview, he talked about Mikey Rashiato, uh, the passing of the pit wrestler, and uh, he passed away on Christmas. And then he talked about the struggles that he went through as well. We, we, I mean, we kind of – everybody that knows wrestling kind of knows what he went through, I think, his first year at Lock Haven. And even, you know, I think it was Oklahoma State, but, you know, he said he had the right people there for him and, uh, if you, you know, needed anybody who was there and stuff like that. I just – it was – I think everybody clapped for that afterwards. It was a uh, kind of touching. And then the last match was uh, Pletcher versus Heil. Pletcher had a nice head pinch in the first 30 seconds. And uh, yeah, Pletcher, he's tough. I mean, Heil came back and was, you know, right there with him. But I, I like to see uh, Pletcher's offense. Heil didn't really give himself any opportunity to score. To score, no. To score, I he mean, didn't. Pletcher, Pletcher has had a really nice hand fight. And through the first four, five, four and a half minutes, he was taking really nice leg attacks and finishing his offense. And then he kind of shut it down. And he actually said in his post-match interview, like he was upset with himself because he, he shut the, he shut it down and he just kind of started squeezing to kind of hold slow pile down and not give him any opportunities, which I mean, it got the job done, but he obviously was looking to, to score more points and, but he's, he's going to be a problem and I'm really excited to see him at the 65 kilo last chance. I think he's going to, he may surprise someone and make it to the Olympic trials. Yeah. So that was a uh, Pitts wrestling club card. It was a pretty good card. I think there was, there were several senior level matches as well as the uh, youth matches that we talked about. That was on the 26th. Fast forward to the 29th Penn RTC card. Uh, the senior level cards. I mean, I think they had a youth card, a U23 card, and then their senior level card. We'll uh, dig into the senior level card. 125 kilograms, Demetrius Thomas. He went two for two on the week. He uh, picked up a win at the pit card, and he tacked Corrienti of 10 to 0 uh, to start the senior card. I mean, he looks tough. I think he had a slow start in his pit card. Well, match. He, had a, he actually had a he had a, a fast start in his pit card, and then he got five. Then he got five, right, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> him getting sure five. Then. five. I'm not sure it was a five but it looked pretty anyway. So I'm not mad about it, but he ended he had, he did end up finishing off that match, but he got, he went for a ride for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Right next to the wall. But yeah, so he picked up the tech in this match. Uh, the next match was our guest from a few weeks ago, Ben Hannes. He won 10 to eight over Scotty Boykin. Hannes had some heavy snaps and pulls. He really went after um, Scotty's lead leg, like the whole match. I think Scotty might've scored on a reattack, but, I don't know if Hannes uh, was hurt with his right leg or what. You see his knee pad. 
His knee pad was on backwards. And then, like, like early in the first period, he, I don't know if he, like, tweaked it or something like that. And uh, he reached back and kind of winced. It looked like a wince, but then he fixed his knee pad. Yeah, but I, I wonder if maybe he had something going on there. Yeah, I don't know. It but, was, I just thought it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. And then, uh, so he got the takedown in the last 10 seconds to seal it. You know, when he needed to score, he really went after it and scored. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, Scotty Boykin did a really nice job, too. He had a clutch takedown at one point. He was down six eight and then he got a takedown with about 17 seconds left and to, to go up eight eight i think he was up six to two at a point boykin was right yeah because he, he yeah, took yeah. him down and then he uh, went right into a lace yes that's right at the beginning of the second period yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then hannes kind of brought it back boykin got a takedown 17 seconds ago and hannes came right back out and got the job done yeah i didn't the next match fine silver got the win i didn't he got a last – I mean, he got a last two seconds. He was down 3-1 and got to take down two seconds left in the match to to pull it out. And he was – I think in the post-match interview, he prided himself on the conditioning, which, yeah, he, he did have the conditioning to get the last second – last second takedown. But, yeah, I mean, he looked pretty good. I don't know what his deal was. He said something about his uh, Olympic team trial qualifier for Israel where he's competing for now. Um, I didn't read much into it, though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. I watched the last few minutes of. I watched last like thirty seconds of the match, but um, I didn't watch this one that much. Uh, so the next match, uh, Ashworth won over Valmont. Ashworth wrestled at Wyoming. Um, so Valmont, we haven't seen him. I don't think since he lost to Vincenzo on the first Nittany Line wrestling card. Right. Ashworth won eight to zero. And the next match. Next match, uh, Mac. Shelton Mack won over Ethan Lezak three to two. One thing I noticed, Ethan Lezak didn't really get to a, an attack um, or he didn't score. So, I mean, if he would have scored and got on top, it, it could have been a different story. You know, we know that Ethan Lezak's gut and uh, his top game has definitely improved since he's been at uh, Penn RTC. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. I, I was surprised to see Shelton Mack win this match. Um, I think if they wrestled again, I'm still probably going to take Lezak. But, you know, everybody gets one every once in a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say his top gains improved since he's been at Penn RTC because he was backpack Lee Zach in college, but I'm just saying, you know, his freestyle game anyways. Um, when, if he gets on top, it could be a different high game. Gut. Right? High gut killer. Oh yeah. So the next match, Evan Henderson won over Anthony Ardalona seven to six. I feel like every match with Henderson is just going to start out with a bang, kind of a fun style. I believe. Yeah. I didn't get to watch this one. I watched the last two minutes of it, but. Um, I did not get to see the beginning of the match. So it was very similar to his match on Spartan Aura combat card with High Sue of Greensboro. He uh, he kind of came out, you know, upper body-ish, maybe too much pushing, and he gets thrown for four. So he's down four to nothing to start. And I believe wow. he's winning – I think he was winning six to four uh, or seven to four um, with, you know, 10, 15 seconds left. And then yeah. Arlona got the takedown one in – Henderson like hang seconds, on seven yeah. to six, but you yeah. know, how about that post-match interview? He just kept talking and talking and talking. Yeah. I actually didn't listen to it. I wish I would have after seeing your note. I'm going to have to go back and listen. It was funny. Just the, like he was talking about cutting a tree down and then this, that, and the other. And it was, it was kind of funny. I, I felt like Justin Bash's uh, arm, his shoulder was just going to get sore. You're holding the uh, mic out. straight. <laughs> for, I think it was like three or four minutes. He was just talking. So on that note, we kind of need him on our show. So, if anybody has contact with Evan Henderson, you know, hit him up. The next match, 
uh, was Chandler Rogers versus Jonathan Lowe. That was supposed to be the assassin match for Darmstadt and Rogers, but Darmstadt backed out. So Lowe stepped in. I mean, Lowe kind of has the same look as Darmstadt in a way, as they're yeah, both tall. Body type. body type, yeah. But uh, I don't think Lowe's as strong necessarily as Darmstadt. And Darmstadt definitely presents way more challenges than uh, Lowe. Yeah, he's definitely he's got that he's got a really weird style that you know nobody really can can prepare for or even simulate. Yeah, so Chandler Rogers picked up the sixteen to four tech fall. He got the the big throw in the uh, the last well, the last throw to seal the deal was a pretty big throw. We all knew Chandler Rogers kind of had that in his arsenal, and uh, it was kind of nice to see that. Even though I I'm, would have like to pick low or Darmstadt in the match, but good on stalemates um, for giving Chandler Rogers $250 for that throw. I'm going to need that single. <laughs> yeah. That single looked fresh. Shout out to, shout out to Zach Bogle. I mean, that, that was pretty sweet. So the next match was Inas Ahmad of Egypt over Skyler Grote, 10 to six. Yeah. I, yeah, go I ahead. think, I don't know. I, I was watching the match and it felt like Skylar just didn't make any adjustments throughout it. She kept shooting that single leg over and over and over. And she didn't, she, she kind of converted one of them in the first period when Ines tried to throw her and kind of planted herself on her back. Right. But every other one of them, she ended up giving up a, giving up a score or something. Um, the one time she got headlocked off of it. I just feel like she should have maybe tried to attack the other side of the body or, or adjust her finish. Her head was down a little bit. Um, she definitely has some room to improve. She's, she's really good, obviously. Um, I just, I'd like to see her maybe attack the other side of the body a little bit. Yeah. He, she, the four was um, at the beginning, it was kind of off of um, Ahmed's, I don't know, kind of attempt to throw. It really wasn't an attempt because it wasn't a slip, but she, uh, she was leading that four zero. But I mean, it was an exciting match as far as, they they both kind of let it fly, but they definitely there was definitely room for improvement. Um, yeah, Skyler Sky was up six six with I don't know fifteen seconds left, and ended up giving up a takedown, and then she just kind of tried something weird from bottom because she yeah. knew she had to. Yep. So she ended up losing ten to six. Uh, the next match, Miles Martin versus Max Dean. So I knew this match was going to be a match. Um, I think you kind of. Hey, I don't, don't know. call me out now. <laughs> I, I didn't want to call you out, but you kind of I wrote did. off Max Dean, right? You... I did. I did. I <laughs> thought I thought Miles would control the match. I thought it wouldn't. I did not think this would be as competitive as it was. Um, and the Max did a really nice job slowing Miles down. He kept his hands on the whole match. He didn't let him get in any space. Miles didn't touch Max's legs one time. No. I thought that was very surprising. Um, and, and even the, even the the points that miles scored to win the match, it was max max's offense that gave him that opportunity. I mean, he was in real deep and he kind of just got barely out of position position a little bit. And miles was able to expose him to, to seal the matchup pretty much. Yeah. He, <clears throat> he was in on like a high seat crack back position and he shelved the leg yeah. and he kind of just got tipped over and he ended up coming up on top. So it was two to two. Uh, I went two to two, but, I, I feel as if he finished out a different way um, and maybe not hung out necessarily. I don't know. It's easy to look on it now, but that was pretty much it. That was the main exchange of the match. 
like you said, he never got to his legs. He was behind him once, but Max was able to get out of it and uh, not get off anything. That came off of Max's leg attack. <clears throat> yeah, it did. It wasn't an attack on Miles. But, yeah, so, I mean, Miles is – he never necessarily got his hands on Miles too much where it affected Miles and, you know, wore him down. But, you know, he was right. definitely – he kept busy with um, his hands. <clears throat> and Miles did a good work with uh, his motion to probably stay out of it for most of the match, even though um, – you know, he never really got to any of his attacks. So right. a big thing on that is both uh, Max Dean, he's not qualified for the Olympic team trials. No, I mean, that 86 kilo last chance is going to be so much fun. Nate Jackson, Mark Hall, Gabe Dean, Max Dean. Um, man, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. So we'll uh, head to the Kona, Kona main event of the, the evening. It was McFadden versus uh, Vincenzo Joseph. Um, I thought McFadden looked pretty big. I, I mean, I know he's tall, but he looked big. He looked huge. He made Chenzo look tiny. <clears throat> yeah. Chenzo's so, not a small guy. He made him look real small. I've never seen Chenzo this flustered in like mid-match. Yeah, I think I mean, if you go back just to the first period where it went in the very beginning of the first period, there was a flurry that I thought it was very clear that Chenzo should have scored four points in. And it ended up being nothing, and then they kept flurrying, and McFadden ended up getting a takedown out of it. But I, I know exactly I what you're talking about. Two, maybe four, one. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't score out of that because I feel like he definitely exposed him. But he landed <laughs> flat on his back. He was flat. It wasn't even like he rolled through it. Right. And then yeah, it ended up being on a funk, which McFadden came up on top and right. and scored. Um. So he ended up beating Chenzo thirteen to two. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Chenzo. Um, but McFadden looked pretty tough. Yeah, McFadden looked really good, and I don't know how he's going to make 74 kilos. And if and when he does, I'm. I hope he. I hope he recovers right because he's going to be a problem at 74. He's going to give some people legit problems. And I mean, I want to see. I. I think the next match I want to see him wrestle is Jason Melf. Yeah, that'd be a good match. Um, I mean, Chenzo was even in on shots and whatnot, and he just he couldn't score on McFadden. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean it kind of looked like that was McFadden's game plan, right? I mean, he didn't take a whole ton of attacks. He took a couple in the second period, but throughout the first um, and, and early in the second, he was kind of hand fighting and letting Chenzo take the risks and just kind of beating him with his hips. Yeah, there was the one point where uh, they were towards the edge and Chenzo kind of bowled into him, and I think he just kind of hip bumped him and maybe hit it. he had an underhook or overhook, and he just he, yeah, it was a little wizard kick. Yeah, little... and he just uh, I'm trying to think of it in my head, and he just. I ended up getting one point out of it, but again, Chenzo probably didn't need to, you know, bowl into him like that. I think some yeah, of this freestyle awareness, he just needs to up his game on. Yeah, he'll get there. He will. Um, we'll go to Nate Jackson versus Mark Hall, main event of the night. Nate Jackson won four to three. Uh, this was Mark Hall's first match since Big Tens, and this was Nate Jackson's 16th match since April. So, I mean, I was right for most of the match, and I kind of knew – what Hall was going to do. And that was kind of jack up Jackson's double leg, whether like, whether it was an attempt on a double keeps his hip backs, but you know, late in the match, Jackson was able to uh, bring the underhooks under and just get, pick him up and he didn't expose him, but it, it was just, a, a, you got the takedown to win the match for three. Yeah, that was a, that was a, it was a really fun match to watch. Um, Nate Jackson, he, he's really good. And he's, he's made a lot of improvements from, from April to now. I kind of want to see that Gabe Dean match again. I feel like that might go a little differently this time. Um, 
I'm not sure I'm picking a different result as of the winner, but I think it won't be one, one this time. Yeah. And I think going forward, give Mark Hall some more exposure. I mean, not that he doesn't have freestyle exposure, but you know, like I said, yeah, first match in a while, he's a little rusty. I would probably take him to win the next match. Again, both of his all three of his points came off of his leg attacks, right? He had the, the leg up in the air and yep. uh, he scored a push out and then he had a, um, he got a takedown, a pretty nice takedown. It almost could have been an exposure, but um, Jackson fought, you know, in the air to keep from going to his back. Yeah. And as we, as we saw with David Taylor, when you put when you start putting all that weight on, not that he was small to begin with, but um, you start putting that weight on, it takes a little bit to kind of get adjusted to, you know, moving that weight and, and moving your body with the extra weight added on. So, I mean, give, give him, give him a year and I bet he's going to be a different guy. I agree. Um, so, I mean, especially with Slay and the next morning, not that it was a rough day for those guys. There was just one match, but you know, the next morning McKenna and, and Ben Hannes and McFadden and Hall, they were in the weight room, you know, putting in the work. So, you know, I, I like to see what Penn RTC is doing down in Philly. And yeah, I'm excited. And, and I, they're going to get even better next year. I mean, you got Jordan Burroughs coming Jeez. in after the Olympic trials. Yeah, McFadden in his post-match interview was pretty darn pumped about what Penn RTC is doing. And he was very excited that Jordan Burroughs was coming to Philly. So, again, I think Joey McKenna said in the broadcast, like, their lineup from from uh, top to bottom is just it's pretty tough. And for the next RTC Cup, and I think they want to get in on that, so. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a pretty solid lineup for that. So, so uh, as you mentioned, and I, I guess as we both mentioned, guys like Max Dean, Gabe Dean, Mark Hall, Nate Jackson, those guys are <clears throat> not registered or not qualified for the Olympic team trials. So uh, last chance qualifier is going to be freaking insane. I can't wait for that, man. I mean, that, that freestyle is my, my favorite thing in the world. So when last chance comes around, I'm going to be losing my mind a little bit. I can't wait. These weight classes are going to be so deep. I, I'm, I'm excited. So uh, let's get into the pickums. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I had to do it to you once. I mean, I'll probably have to do it again next week, but. Nah. You know. So uh, <laughs> pickums, um, as we mentioned last week, Michigan State versus Ohio State. Uh, Malik Heisman versus Rayvon Foley. Uh, I picked Malik. I guess we both picked Malik, didn't we? Yeah, we both got Malik. Yeah, um, that was fun. I'm happy for that one. Go ahead. Um, so next match, Gavin Hoffman versus Cam Caffey. I picked Caffey. Of course, Caffey won over Ga- Ga- Gavin Hoffman. So one point. Yeah, that eight. was a lot closer than most probably thought it would be, though. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, was Cam- three, two. Gavin had a chance. He did. Um, but I, I knew that was going to happen. No, I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Virginia. Uh, I went one and one. You went two and oh. 141, Brian Courtney versus Cole Matthews. We both picked Brian Courtney to win, in which he did. That was a good win for Courtney. You sure it wasn't Louis Hayes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Don't worry. Uh, 197, J ALO versus Nino Bonacorsi. You picked Nino. I picked Jay. Again, I picked Nino to win ACC. I'm going to stick by that. But, yeah, you won that one. I don't know. I think Trumbull might win ACC. Yeah, I mean, ACC, I, I probably still would pick Trumbull to win the whole thing. He's just a dangerous guy. But maybe if these guys are 2-3 at ACC, I don't know how the seeds are going to stack up. But um, 
I mean, if if Renan's not in the lineup, you got to think Bonacorsi would be one. Yeah, I I know because they're they're not going to see each other. So you're right, Bonacorsi might be one. Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. They sent Dusty Hone rather than Cade Brock, so we weren't able to see Cade Brock versus Ian Parker, which I had Cade Brock. I no, we both we both had, had Cade Brock. Yeah, we yeah. both had Brock there, but which um, I don't know if Cade Brock's healthy, and that's kind of why I picked Cade Brock. I hope he is. I, I think they I think they just think maybe there's a, a battle here for a roster spot. Right. Um, Dusty Hone had a pretty solid season last year. He had some nationally ranked wins, so. Maybe they're just trying to give him a shot at a good guy to see where he's at, and it didn't turn out too well for him. So maybe we'll probably see Cade Brock back in the lineup. Well, I mean, they also wrestled at UNI earlier the day, and he didn't go to that. Uh, that's a good point. So I don't know. The next uh, Oklahoma State versus UNI, as we mentioned, uh, Brody Teske versus Trevor Mastro Giovanni. We both picked Mastro, and he lost to Teske 6-0. to on the Penn RTC card, you picked Chenzo, or you picked McFadden. I picked Chenzo. I honestly didn't think Chenzo was going to get worked like that, but I didn't think McFadden was going to work him like that. I just thought he would win. <laughs> yeah, I just thought he would win. All right. So I was almost going to win this. You know, I think I had five, I went five and five in picks, and you went six and four. Um, it came down to Nate Jackson versus Mark Hall, and uh, Mark Hall kind of let me down, which is fine. I mean, that, that's a toss up match every time. It is. So, I mean, I, I just went with Mark Hall, but I guess I'll probably go Mark Hall next time they wrestle. So, uh, Pitt Wrestling Club, you weren't watching the match. And uh, so, when I texted you, you know, Chance with or uh, exclamation points, I was pretty pumped. Uh, Chance <laughs> over Wick. After that. <laughs> yeah, so, you I had Wick. I had, dumb. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, it was an easy, I'm not, not easy tech, but yeah, it was quick tech. And uh, it looked easy. He made it, it, look looked, easy. it looked pretty darn easy. Yeah. And Dean Heil versus Luke Pletcher. I think People we both had Luke. Pletcher. Yeah. And then uh, the first, the ladies match, Diamond Gifford versus Victoria Francis. We both. Diamond, had, ended, up winning, Diamond ended up winning that match. Yep. Um, which I'm, I'm not super surprised about, but I did pick Victoria to win there. So. Yeah. So do you want to uh, get into some of these listener questions? So we just, we got a couple today. We got, we got quite a few, but we're, we're just going to pick a couple for today. Um, I got, we're going to go Chris Eames. He asked the question, Iowa seems to be on course for 10 All-Americans. Which wrestlers are a lock to place and which might struggle? So, I mean, kind of go through the lineup, Iowa, or, you know, 125, it's a lock. Probably yeah. a lock for a national title. Yep. Um, 33, DeSanto. Um, he's got to be a lock for All-American at the minimum, right? Yeah. I mean – even if you get Nick Soriano and Stefan Michic back at 133, I mean, he's a minimum of fifth, right? Yeah, he's definitely got an All-American, I think. Right. So, um, he, he, I would add him. 141, Jaden Ironman, I'm going to add him to the list. Of locked, yeah, for sure. Of locked, yeah, he's top three. 49, uh, Max Mirren, right? He's the one going right now? Yep. Yeah, he – that might be one of the ones – I'm not going to say that – I don't want to call him a struggle, though. You know, that's that's where it gets hard. But um, just given the, the you know, the the way the weight class looks, I think might be, I guess, quote-unquote a weak point of the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, he had the nice win over Carr of Illinois. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <clears throat> so that was a nice win for him. 
but he's just a guy that you're not really sure of. You really got, I guess you got to look at the depth of the, the weight classes that they're in. Right. Um, I guess Muren might be my head scratcher on. He might not be the all American. Yeah. And then 57 Caleb young, I almost the same thing. I mean, he's had points in his career where he was like, he looked like he was a national title contender mm-hmm. and then you have points like big tens last year where he just did not look great. So another one where he's going to have to be on and 57 is a pretty tough weight class. So, I mean, he could, he could finish top four. He could finish outside the top eight. So another one of those spots, I'm still probably going to pick him to AA, but if you're going to put a gun to my head and say, pick where they're weak, I guess he, that's one of them. Yep. So those two weights uh, bumping up to 165, the bull Alex Marinelli, he's probably locked for top two or three with Mikai Lewis up there. Um, so he's not a guy that I don't think would not all American. One seventy four. Yeah, he's a national champ. Yeah, he's he's a national champ. I, I got to feel he's a national champ. One seventy four. Same thing with Kemmer. Um, you know, he beat Mark Hall last year. I think he lost to him in the Big Tens. Yeah, with Siroki losing this week, it almost kind of probably increases the confidence of you IO fans. Of yeah, there ain't, there's nobody touching Michael Kemmer. Yeah, so I would. Uh, he's definitely not. Um, in jeopardy of not all American uh, 184 Nelson brands. He just lost to Brunigal. Um I mean, that's but, probably the weakest weight, right? I would imagine it just, you never know with brands, I guess. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I still think he can AA. Yeah, I do too. Round of 12 guy minimum, but this is definitely the most questionable, <clears throat> questionable weights out of all 10. Um, <laughs> just be, you, you just don't know. 197. We've got uh Jacob Warner. He's a guy that he's had his highs and he's had his lows, but I, I feel that he he's, I mean, he, he's already all American. Um, I, I feel that he does it again this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him not, not getting on the podium. Yeah. So then 285 Cassiope, we kind of already mentioned that he's, you know, number three guy and uh, he's kind of solidified himself, I think in the top four for sure. So yeah, he's another guy that's going to be on the podium. So I think they've got seven, like, you know, very seven, sure four, All-Americans, four, very sure. Two of them that are, you know, probably going to do it. And then 184, Nelson Brands, he's probably the head scratcher. Yeah, I agree. I, you got seven for sure locks, two guys who are maybe, and one guy who's going to have to work to get there. But with Nelson Brands being head scratcher, I mean, that's a good head scratcher to have because right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of high on Nelson Brands, even though he just took that loss. Um, he's a guy that Bronicle's good. Bronicle has a couple good wins. I mean, he has the win over Rocky Jordan. I mean, he's not, yeah, not a, not a scrub by any means in uh in a tournament style where Nelson brands just like to wear people down. He, that might be a good, a good fit for yeah, him. So matches in. So that's that. I kind of want to get into Jimmy's question, Jimmy Overheiser, um, down in Georgia. He, uh, said if he had Jeff Bezos money, Bezos, Bezos. Yeah. Um, money where would you start a wrestling program did he say college d1 program or just program well when i when i re-asked him today he that's that was the way he worded it okay so there's a couple ways you can go um i think the the place you have to target is an sec school yeah i would say that too i mean i kind of if i'm looking at it i would definitely choose one down in in the south somewhere i mean you got to a school like Alabama that obviously has a, a solid football team. I wouldn't probably have one on Alabama. Yeah, they have a solid brand built, right? A they brand a, built, yeah. Brand built. 
and which which is an important aspect to it but you also have to find a way to build the the fan base right and in Alabama while they have you know outlier successful you know wrestlers it's not it's not the the biggest state you can get right i think you got to target a georgia or a florida type of type of school even even a south carolina gamecocks i know they got they got um they got d1 programs down there but you got to get in the sec somehow because that's the biggest i mean that's one of the biggest conferences in, in the country and if you could start building a conference to compete with the big 10 i mean that's gonna that that'll take off real fast i think the u miami u would be a pretty cool spot to have Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. You know, um, I, I think I think the NCAA can give back a year of eligibility to Pat Lugo, and he can go down there and maybe, you know, wrestle one more year, college, and be at Miami U. I'm pretty sure he's a Miami Dade guy. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's down. He's from down in South Dade, I think. South Dade, yeah. So he's down in the Florida area. So I don't know. Miami U would be a good one. I think just biased opinion. Syracuse University. I just just to get the freaking program back. I would, yeah, I would they have, give they have a little bit of a little bit of a tradition there too. And I'm sure you could, wouldn't have to pay Gene Mills very much to take that program. Right. No. I mean, I was just at a, a practice that he was running the other, well, it was probably a month ago now. And he was in Syracuse sweatpants. Had, I mean, he might've had a square, Syracuse uh, crew neck on, but yeah, he, he could uh, definitely take that program over. And I, I, I think Gene would be a really good recruiter too. I think, I mean, if you're going to target a coach for a program, I mean, if you're going to start up Syracuse and get Gene there, I think he'd be able to get really solid guys. And he's, he's coached some really good high-level athletes all, just through high school. So, I mean, that might, that, that might be a good target there too. I'm still going to stick with an SEC. I think my original gut choice would have been Georgia because um, Georgia wrestling is really on the come up. They got yep. a lot of really tough clubs down there with a lot of um, – I mean, you got the Bullards coming out of Georgia. Um, I remember watching – the, the NHSCA finals, oh, my God, it was years ago now. It might have been 2014 or 15, and I think the Bullards were, like, freshmen or sophomores or something, and they had won NHSCAs, and I was sitting in the front row by the finals, Matt, and the Georgia Q, uh, crew was right behind me, and they just lost their minds. They went crazy, and I think they would – I think the Georgia fans and the Georgia wrestling community would really kind of – rally around having a program at Georgia University. Yeah, I mean, you see the Carolinas, they've got a lot of Division One wrestling programs down there as it is. So I think having uh, a program at Georgia would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I, that's definitely I, my goal too. I didn't read the message, obviously, as D1. So like talking with John Clark on the episode, you know, I think it was the first or second episode that I had, he mentioned, and I, I knew about it anyways, but St. Lawrence University up here, uh, Clarkson University, they had wrestling. All the four schools, there's four colleges that are in the Canton, Potsdam area, and they all had wrestling back in the day. But St. Lawrence, they were national champs, D3 national champs in the early 90s. And then they dropped their program in the early to mid 90s. But uh, I think having a program like that would be pretty sweet, especially up here. Just another D3 program. I would, if I had that money, um, I definitely would get shit going at St. Lawrence. To be fair, if I had that money, I'd probably start a program at almost every school in the country. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I just would. Hey, here's one million dollars to start a wrestling program alone. That's all I'm gonna. That's all you need. If I need to give you a little incentive, hey, AD, here's another five hundred thousand to uh, just allow this program to happen. 
that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, because I mean, people look at that question. They're like, "Well, I'm thinking about one one uh, program," but no, with that kind of money, you could you could freaking create a lot of programs. Right? Yeah, you that. could you could fund you could almost fund the NCAA wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, if I was obviously that rich, there would be a lot of programs that I would. But you know, Miami would probably be one, and then you know, if I was talking D three up here, I would definitely do St. Lawrence. You want to get into the next question? Um. Yeah, so the last question was, who has made the biggest jump this year from last year to this year so far? And it was kind of an open question, so it didn't really give us a level. I say we, uh, I say we answer it with college and freestyle on the brain. So if I was thinking college, I mean, there's definitely definitely several weights that I can look at. I mean, we were look, talking about Luffman last week, how he was, his record last year was not very good at all. And he's already had two good wins. I mean, he did just lose to Cassiope, but he's had two good wins this year. So at like 285, he's definitely somebody that he kind of broke through and um, has having success. Uh, Alan Hart is another guy that I think of that. I mean, he, he was tough last year, but he's also a guy that's climbing the rankings fast. Yeah, I'm going to be biased here. I'm going to go Malik Heinzman. The guy got nearly tech fall by Rayvon Foley last year. I think it was like 19 to six. So he's two points away from a tech. And this year he beats him. True. I mean, that, I mean, to me, that that's my guy. I, 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 I think Luffman's a really good option too, going from what was he 1914 or something like that to then beating Orndorff and Hilger. Did, uh, was Heinzelman versus Foley. Was that two years ago? Maybe. It was. I think Foley might've redshirted last year, right? Oh, you know what? You might be right. Yeah, because I remember talking about it um, on the preview to Heinzelman versus Foley and how, I mean, Heinzelman was a freshman. But, yeah, he's a guy that's definitely, you know, stepped up since his freshman year to where he might have been undersized to now, you know, picking up a lot of these big wins. So, you know, Heinzelman's definitely a guy that can fit this question's answer. Yeah, I mean, he had – he was 18 and 15 last year. And at one point, he went on a one, two, three, four, five, six match losing streak, including to Pat McKee, Justin Cardani, Eric Barnett, who he's also beaten this year, Nick Aguilar from Rutgers, Brandon Courtney from Arizona State, and Jacob Schwarm from Northern Ireland. Schwarm's good. Um, he also lost to Joey Prada. I mean, he lost he lost a ton of matches. He lost to Drew Hildebrandt last year. Um, Bryce West of Northern Illinois, he was pinned by. He got attacked by Devin Schroeder. He he had he was up and down all year long. He ended up he avenged a few losses. He avenged a loss to Pat McKee at, at Big Tens. Avenged a loss to Cardani at Big Tens. Um, so he he did he did improve towards the end of the season. But I just think if you're looking at it from last year to this year, I think he's a completely different wrestler. Yeah, the guy I mentioned, Alan Hart. He was uh, twenty and nine last year as a. A sophomore and now he's eight and oh this year he does have a win over ian parker seven to four um so i mean he like i said he was good last year but he's just somebody that's caught my eye i guess i needed a little bit more time to really deep deep dive into the 10 weights and kind of think of a guy but i mean no, I, Luff- Hart's a good choice I, I mean he's definitely got a, a big improvement um from last year to this year so i wouldn't i mean i i think if you're i mean if you're going to make a top five he's i think he's definitely on the top five in that um in that category so uh, how about senior level? Um, I, I've got I've got three, 
And, you know, the one is kind of recency bias is Suriano. You know, he just, oh, man, you stole my one. <laughs> well, I mean, you're looking at like, we didn't know anything about him, I guess, two months ago. I mean, we didn't know where he was. He's kind of floating at NJRTC or New York City RTC. And uh, then he's down in Tempe or Arizona training. And then he goes over to the Henry DeGlane and, you know, wins gold. So he's definitely a guy that's improved. Yeah, he, he was going to be my, my number one. I was hoping you would ignore him until then because I was going to get back on my Suriano hype train for the Olympic trials. But um, I think uh, I think Suriano, in my opinion, is probably the most improved. He went from losing to Vito and um, who else did he, who else did he lose to? Was it um, – was it Dayton? I don't know. No, Joe Cologne. He lost to Joe Cologne, I believe, at, at um the Pelicone. Yeah. I know so, he yeah. So from there to where he is now, where he's beating um beating Amir Slanov and and got the common opponent wins over Gilman uh and Vito. I just I think and it wasn't even he didn't come close to being in danger through that whole tournament. I'm on that hype train. Nikki, yeah. Nikki, uh, Nikki Olympic team member. Yeah. His offense was awesome. His defense was great. He's, he's definitely somebody that, you know, you, you got to be on the hype train. If you're uh, um, following the freestyle circuit, another guy that I would probably pick is, and just because he's had 16, 17 matches is, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Nate, I mean, we talked about his um, you know, how, how many jump, how levels that he's jumped just in the last nine, 10 months, but that's Nate Jackson. Um, he's, he's definitely improved. Like you said, I, he agree. Wrestled- I agree. Nate Jackson. Um, I mean, he beat Mark Hall and nobody would have picked him to beat Mark Hall. I didn't months ago. <laughs> right. You didn't pick him to beat him last week. So, I mean, you did, but you know, right. I, I, I wasn't confident in it. You know, oh. like I wasn't like, Oh man, he's definitely gonna win this match. I, I, I was definitely like, I was more, I mean, earlier, earlier in that episode, I even said, you know, I mean, Mark Hall is probably going to win this match because of his savvy. Um, I went with Nate Jackson because, well, when I'm doing pickums, I got I, I like to go out on the limb every once in a while. So that was why I ended up picking Nate Jackson. But uh, another guy that I'm thinking of that some people may not really see it um, is Joey McKenna. I know he hasn't really wrestled anybody super tough or even been super active, but the couple of matches we did watch him wrestle, his his technique has gotten way better. His positioning, I mean, his positioning's always been really good, right? But I think it's he's made those slight adjustments, and I think he's really kind of going to propel himself into a legitimate t- contender for the Olympic team this year. Yeah, no, that's a good pick. Um, he's he's a guy that you know he had the win over um, Nation, he had the win over Seth Gross, <clears throat> but yeah, he's another guy that's definitely we we talked about it before that he's. He's definitely making improvements and he's going to make 65 kilograms. Pretty awesome way to watch for even deeper than it already is. Oh, super deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did somebody say Frank Molinaro is coming out of retirement? Uh, Maybe that was a joke. I, somebody no shared way. it on Twitter like two days ago. That dude's probably walking around at 180 right now. Yeah. I, I hope it was a joke, but I don't know. I mean, I hope it wasn't a joke. I want to see. Frank. I, I, I want to watch him. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I want to watch him, but I mean, I There's don't know what's happening. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. Uh, so that's kind of it for our three questions. I got a few more for the for the next couple episodes, but um, some of them are going to take a little bit of research. So I'll send them over to you later. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody else that's listening has questions, whether it's, you know, 
senior level, high school level, college level questions, even if, even if it's like a trivia kind of deep dive question, let us know. We'll uh, answer it on the next episode or the following one. We'll be back on Friday with uh, a preview of this weekend's wrestling. We've got a few duels to cover, some pickums to, to go over, maybe some questions. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter, wrestling 607 R-A-S-S-L-I-N-607, and at more wrestling, M-O-R, wrestling. Um, join the conversation. You know, I'm asking for questions on Twitter, uh, tweeting about matches as they're happening. Um, I'd love to interact with more people. Like he said, we'll have Troy Nickerson on the show on Friday. Uh, so that's going to be an awesome episode. Keep keep sharing these episodes. Go ahead go to Apple Podcasts. You know, give it a five-star rate if you liked it. Give it a review. Uh, you know, share it to your friends. I guess, like I said, this has been to 21 different states. So I guess the more you guys share, the more it gets out and uh, the more stories will, will be told. So, and especially with this recap stuff, this is good to give guys some recognition that might not get recognition on other shows or other news outlets. And that's all I have. All I got, man. Thanks. All right. Peace. Peace out.